helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is part three of a four-part series, Adult Daughters of Controlling Fathers, part part three. Those of you who have listened to the first two parts of the series will remember that we said there are three types of daughters that result when controlling fathers are involved. The first part of the series focused on the first of the three types of daughters, the favorite. In that show, we also explained the types of actions that would cause a father to be classified as a controlling father. These fathers are not to be confused with godly fathers who offer appropriate guidance to adult children in ways that are not coercive and manipulative. An example of a controlling father is a father who gives money for an adult daughter's wedding, but with lots and lots of conditions attached. Conditions such as who should be invited, where the ceremony is to be held, and usually this this ceremony is to be held at his favorite resort or his favorite vacation spot. What kind of beverages are to be served to impress his friends? The controlling father may even threaten not to walk you down the aisle if he doesn't get his way. We we outlined a number of other examples that point quite clearly to the difference between controlling fathers and fathers who are acting out of a heart of love for his adult children. So if you have missed part one of the show, I encourage you to listen to that. So don't take offense, you good dads out there. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about controlling fathers and how it affects and how control affects the the daughters involved in such relationships. In part two of the series, we looked at the second type of daughter, the rebel. I have had a few favorites and a few rebels reached out to me this week, telling me that the characteristics accurately described their relationship with their fathers. If you missed the first two two parts of this series, you can listen to to both on our YouTube channel. Just type in Elam Counseling Services in YouTube to access our channel. We have a lot to cover in this week's show. This week's show will outline the characteristics of the passive daughter. And in next week's show, I will be giving specific tips on how adult children should deal with controlling parents. So if you have tuned in this week by accident and you find this interesting, remember that this series continue next week. And you also can listen to the other parts of this series by going to our YouTube channel. Those of you who have been following this this show uh, keenly will realize that last week I said it was going to be a three-part series. But after putting this material together, I came to the conclusion that I just had 
too much to cover to do this to do this this in three in a three part series so i have separated the tips on how to deal with controlling parents from the the, the part of the show that will deal with the passive daughters there's a, there's a lot that that can be covered that i have to cover under the passive daughter and i don't want to rush into the tips either because i think it's very important uh to do justice to these two very important topics uh, for those of you who have been following this show you know that we often have a biblical passage that we use as a kind of background from which to launch these shows. And the Genesis narrative in Genesis chapter 29 to 33 gives us the story of a controlling father and his two daughters, namely Laban as the father and his two daughters, Rachel and Leah. We see the extreme control of Laban. Laban took over Rachel's wedding, an extreme form of control in which he actually took her out of the out of the wedding and got her sister uh, to replace her. And by so doing, I should say he managed to do this by deceiving Jacob. So Jacob thought that on his wedding night he was going to be marrying to Rachel. And I guess in those days they had veils over their faces and the the two daughters may have had similar body types. And so Rachel Rachel and Leah probably looked very much alike under their veils. And so Jacob went through an entire wedding ceremony, went to bed that night, uh, consummated the marriage and woke up the next morning and realized this is not Rachel, this is Leah. And so this happened as a result of the extreme control of a father who took over Rachel's wedding and gave it to her sister Leah. So we we later see other important aspects of Laban's personality that showed the extent of his control in the narrative. Because we are told later on in chapter 33 of Genesis that both girls complained that he had taken control of their finances. This means that he actually took away their bride price. In those days, the bride price was given to a woman as a kind of insurance that should their husband die prematurely, then they would have this money uh, to help to provide for their future. But the, the girls, Leah and Rachel, both complained that Laban, This controlling father had taken over their finances, taken over their bride price. And this was quite a lot of money indeed, because we know from the narrative that Jacob worked seven years, seven years of labor for Rachel. That was the bride price, seven years of 
income. So I hope there is no one out there listening to this show today who is saying, that sounds like my story. My father has taken over seven years of my income. I I hope it's not that bad. But controlling doesn't have to be that extreme for it to be bad. In, in, In part one, we looked at other modern day example of how control plays out in modern day family. But in this in this narrative in Genesis, we see the extreme form of Laban's control. As a matter of fact, in one part of the narrative, he told Jacob, his son-in-law, that he owned his wives and his children. In other words, he's saying to your to his son-in-law, your wives are not your your wives. I own them and your children. They are not your children. I own your children. And also he said he owned everything that Jacob had worked hard to accumulate. Now, that is control on steroids. Before we go more into today's show, which we're going to be talking about the passive daughter, I want to remind listeners that we are a counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. You can get in touch with us through our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We also want to remind listeners that we count on your support to continue to provide subsidized counseling. You can literally change a life by donating to this ministry. We see miracles every day in our practice. So let me go now and talk about the characteristics of the passive daughter. The passive daughter internalizes her emotions. We see that the the, the daughter who is the rebel, she express her emotions, she re- rebels against what the father is doing, she acts out, she express anger, and she she acts in ways, sometimes ways that are not really functional or, or adaptive. They might be maladaptive or dysfunctional ways, but at least this rebel daughter is not internalizing her, condi- her, her emotions she is expressing her emotions. In contrast, the passive daughter internalizes her emotions. And because of this internalization of emotions, she is prone to mental health issues and physical issues caused by stress. So, Women who are passive daughters with a controlling father are prone to anxiety, they're prone to depression, and they're prone also to physical ailments that are often associated with stress and anxiety, such as stomach problems, irritable bowel syndrome, and other other stomach issues that are often as a result of stress. And so this is because the emotions have been internalized. And if your emotions are not being expressed, they don't just vanish into 
thin air. They have to go somewhere. So they go into your body. They're, they're, they're absorbed into your body and it leads to all kinds of issues. We also see that the internalization of anger that is not expressed. Now, let me say that anger is one of the most, is, is the most misunderstood emotions. A lot of people look at anger as being a negative thing. And they will tell you as a Christian, you should never be angry regardless of what's happening to you. You should just say, thank you, Jesus, with a big smile on your face. And even if someone is insulting you, you should just be thankful and go to go to your bed praising God for that insult that you suffered earlier on in the day. And so let me say that that is not what the Bible teaches about anger. Jesus expressed anger, and Jesus was without sin. So anger should not be associated or, or, or be, be said to be the same as sinfulness. Unexpressed anger leads to resentment and bitterness. And so the passive daughter will develop resentment and bitterness because she has all of these emotions that she is suppressing. And as a result of this suppression of emotion, it doesn't mean that she necessarily has warm, pleasant feelings towards the, 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 the father. As I said before, she has resentment and bitterness building. And what I see in some of my cases that I deal with as a psychotherapist is that some of these daughters have a secret wish, a secret desire, wishing that their father could pass away prematurely so that they don't have to continue suffering the way that they're suffering. So they know that what they're going through is onerous, is burdensome, but they don't have the assertiveness to do anything about it. So this kind of a death wish is not necessarily malicious or they have murderous intent, but it's a cry for help. It's a way of saying, I want to be relieved of this burden that I am carrying. And the death of my father might be a way out of this. I know this sounds very callous and, and you know, very grave, but the, the situation that some of these women find themselves in is very, very heavy to carry emotionally. One woman, woman, Ex one person explained this to me as feeling as if she's trapped in a kind of prison where she has no control. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been using the story of Laban and his two daughters in Genesis 29 to 33 to teach part three of Adult Daughters of Controlling Fathers. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. Another characteristics another characteristic of the the passive daughter is that she tend to attract dominant controlling men. 
and she can become stuck in abusive relationships. We often hear about these women who find themselves in abusive relationships where they go through the cycles of a, the cycle of abuse and the cycle of abuse uh, in a nutshell goes something like this. If it's a physical uh, violence situation, the, the person who is the aggressor, usually the controlling man, will hit the the passive daughter. And then after a few days of rage or hours of rage, he comes, he comes down and he says, I'm so sorry that I did this. I will never do it again. And then they go through a kind of honeymoon phase where everything seems so nice for, so, so everything seems to be going smooth for a few days or sometimes even weeks. And then something happens and the controlling abusive person is triggered again and there is violence again. And then he said he's sorry again and the cycle starts over. And these women often become stuck in these relationships. Friends may be saying, you should leave, you should do something about it. But you see, these women are conditioned from childhood to feel as if they have no control over their lives. And so you might be thinking as a friend to, to this person, why is it that they don't just walk out of this relationship? Why is it that they're putting up with such drastic uh, abuse, such serious abuse, but they have been conditioned and they cannot walk out because they, they have been conditioned to accept powerlessness, to, ac- to see themselves as powerless and to accept control. And so, so in romantic relationships, they're attracted to dominant controlling men. And the, the third thing that we see from these women, uh, the, the third characteristic of these women is that they, they tend to be people pleasers. And as people pleasers, they often fall into the 20% of, of organizations that do 80% of the work. And so whether it is a work situation or a volunteer situation, these women who are passive daughters of controlling fathers, they tend to overwork and they tend to over volunteer. And so they work themselves sometimes to sickness. And we talk about the stomach issues and the the, the stress issues that they have because they're internalizing emotions. Some of that internalization of emotions come from the frustration in the workplace. They say yes to tasks that they really cannot manage to do. They're overwhelmed. They already have too much to do and they're saying yes if someone asks them to do something else. And so they keep piling more and more tasks onto their list and they're overwhelmed. They're taking home work. They're working uh, sometimes throughout the night into the next morning because they want so much to please their boss. And why is it that they're doing this? Why is it that they're working themselves and they're, they're so 
uh, they're, they're so keen on pleasing others. You see, they're doing this because they know what the consequence of not pleasing their father was like. Controlling fathers who 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 have these daughters or passive, they punish them often by withdrawing their love from them. So they will not talk to them for weeks. And the example I gave earlier, even threatening not to walk them down the aisle at their wedding. So there are serious consequences in that that have happened to these women uh, growing up in such a household where they have been punished by the withdrawal of the father's love and they don't know unconditional love. And so in organizations, they tend to feel to be triggered by the thought of not pleasing someone, and so they keep adding more and more to their list. Another thing that we we, we see from these uh, type of women is that they tend to be passive-aggressive instead of assertive. And so, these women may not speak out and say, I don't like what you're doing to me, or "I am uh, when you treat me like that, it makes me feel hurt, and I will just not put up with that kind of a behavior. They will not do that. But they might do passive, aggressive things, uh, such as, you know, saying that they would turn up for a date, uh, for for uh, a uh, they will go on a vacation, for example, with their spouse, and at the last minute just say that they're sick. But they're not really sick. They just do not want to go on that vacation. But they don't have the assertiveness to say, I cannot see myself going to a resort with you the way you have been treating me. And so the faking of being sick is a way of getting out of it. And that's passive aggressive. And so this may hurt their partner. Uh, It is intended as a kind of punishment, but it is actually also a result of their lack of assertiveness to speak up about what they're feeling. We see an example of this uh, passive aggressiveness in the story of Laban that we talked about at the beginning of the show, because Rachel, the the youngest daughter whose wedding was hijacked by Laban, when she was fleeing uh, from her father to go to Jacob, her husband's country, one of the things that we are told that she did is that she stole her father's idols, his religious gods, his the precious things that he worshipped and kept as a part of his religious ritual. We are told that Rachel stole those gods from her father father in fleeing. Could this be her way of expressing anger? Could this be a way of saying, I am going to get back at him for the things that he have done to me. He has stolen my wedding. Now I am going to steal his gods, which symbolize his blessings as a way of of making it even with him. So that's a kind of passive aggressiveness that we see in these women. But women who are passive-aggressive also struggle with decision-making. So so they they don't function well in organizations where they have to use their initiative. They function well in organizations where bosses are micromanagers and in organizations that are highly overly structured with clearly defined tasks and responsibilities that are expected of them 
every day. And they function like that because they're, they're, they're used to be told what to do. So you give this passive, uh, you give a passive daughter in an organization the freedom to make decisions and to, you know, to be creative and to use her initiative. And many of these women would be lost. They will not function well in those kinds of settings. But give them clearly outlined plan with managers who are set in charge to watch over them, and they will probably do very well. And the next point is that these women are often the subject of workplace bullying. They're often the subject of workplace bullying because you see, bullies in workplace, they figure out almost by instinct who is not going to uh, put boundaries in place, who is not going to report them to HR, who is not going to take a stand against the, the things, the manipulation and, and the hurtful things that are being said. And so the passivity attracts people who are bullies in, in organization. And these women find themselves being bullied. And they're usually bullied from earlier on in life because of their passivity in the work, in, in the home. They sometimes, they, they often end up being bullied at school as well. And this bullying carries over into the workplace. As well, and these women don't have the assertiveness to go to often to go to HR or to put a stop to what is happening uh, in the workplace. And so, also, we see that when these women become parents, when they have children, they tend to be permissive parents. They tend to be the type of parents who who give the, 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 the children free reign as to what they do, where they go, and they, they, they do not have the assertiveness usually to put boundaries in place. And this is part of the, 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 the offshoot of being controlled all their lives by a controlling father. And especially in the household, if there are if there is a, a strong willed child the the parent the passive parent will often feel as if they are being bullied by this strong willed child and they will have no clue as to how to deal with that strong willed child and they will get into conflict with this child where there's a lot of yelling and shouting often because this strong willed child is triggering the feelings that they had with with the controlling father. And so controlling uh, fathers have serious effects on their daughters. And today's show, we have, we have looked at the, the passive daughter and how, how it affects her. But let us look also at the let, let us look also at the effect that this have on children in the household. Passive daughters often raise children, one or more ch child in the household, that will become angry children. You see, the anger has to come out somewhere. And if these especially boys, see their mothers being abused and ill-treated and not speaking up, they will take on the anger. And so we see in Jacob's home that his sons uh, actually became angry 
men. We we read in Genesis chapter thirty-four how two of his sons actually overreacted to their sister being raped and killed an entire village of people of men in an entire village because of the rapes. It's as if these boys are saying, uh, these boys are saying, I cannot take one more hint of being controlled or manipulated the way I saw my mother being controlled and manipulated and they overreacted. So the social justice system is filled with boys who saw their mothers being mistreated. And so we have quickly come to the end of today's show. I want to remind you that next week we'll have part four of the series where we'll give tips for how to deal with controlling parents. So stay tuned and remember to join us next week. And so I want to also remind you that you can listen to this show in, its, in their entirety by going to our YouTube channel. Just type in Elam Counseling Services in YouTube and you'll have access to over 300 shows. We also come on your support to continue to make podcasts like these and to provide subsidized counseling to those, to those who need it and cannot afford it. And so we encourage you to make a donation to this ministry uh, uh, if you haven't done so as yet. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counting Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.